And welcome to episode 39 of the Stream Bucket Podcast. We've come so far. Uh... So we've reached March, Adam. Yes. Of 2020. Yes. The year of our Lord. Yes. Um, and it's getting worse. Everything's getting worse. This is hands down the most mental year we've experienced in our lifetime, and it's March. I think I've been ill now four times in the last month. It's not going away. And it's hitting you. It's not like you're normally, as far as I remember you, you don't get ill often, but you've been plummeted into this different level of illness. I feel like I've been ill once and it just keeps coming back. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Because right now, because uh, I've got a coldy thing that's now going, but it, I had a coldy thing like two weeks ago. It's the same thing. Yeah. But uh, there's also a possibility that it was stress-induced of a deadline. Oh, yes. Yes. And now I'm just recovering from that. So, yeah. Maybe your body has allowed you to become ill properly now. Yeah, but it could have waited two days. That's true. That's true. For those who aren't in the know, we've finished something. We've done it. We've finished the film that's taken years. Yes. Our dream... Since we're little 17-year-old scamps has finally materialised. Yes, we've made a lump of quag. Yes. A lump, steaming lump of quag called Quaggers. We've been working on it strictly for a year, over a year. It's done. And it was done in a very tight deadline, and that's why death. But it's not just me. Everyone's dying of something. Everyone's dying. Work, people are ill left, right and centre in a giant office that we work in. There are hand sanitizers all over the building. Oh, yeah. Um, anything to stop, that's, that shall not be named. Yeah. There's a second one now. What? The, my friend sent me an article saying that... Okay, I'm going to say... The coronavirus has... Um, Wait, wait, say public. The coronavirus. What are you doing? What is that? Coronavirus. Oh, okay. The song, you're doing the song. You're doing the song. Virus. Okay. Cheers. Continue. Thank you. The disease, the coronavirus, it has gone into two, and there's now a more dangerous one birthed in China. Is there? So there was number one, which was bad coronavirus, killing people, and now there's number two. There's another strain of it, which is even stronger than the original. Oh, for God's sake. What? This is a news article my friend sent me last night. So, and there's people at this point in time, where a week ago, like 80% of people were saying, oh, I'm not, I don't don't give a damn, but I'm, I'm not scared. Now that's gone down to, as far as the people I'm talking to, now it's gone down to 50%. There's a, there's still, there's a, there's an element of people who are saying, it's just a cold. Yeah. Yes, but it's a big one. It's It's making everyone ill. Yeah. The the concern, Uh, the concern is growing. Yes, yes. 
Well, that's the thing. This isn't a virus that's going to kill everyone. It's not like the Black Death. Well, maybe the second one is. Mm. But the first one is, it, you know, it's, it's dangerous, but no more dangerous than the flu. Mm. The fact is, it's everywhere. Yeah, and the fact is, it's probably going to shut down the economy of the entire world. This might be the start of the Mad Max future. It might be. It might make the gr- the next Great Depression, but on an international scale. Yeah, possibly. Or make everyone live at work at home. Because Italy's... Ever- they've shut down everything in Italy, haven't they? They've shut all the schools. Yep. Schools, universities... Until- Not the offices, though. Yeah, well, I'm hoping... We're more, like, stiff upper lip. We're trying to be pretend to be stiff upper lip at the moment. Yes. So I wonder how that's going to work going forward. Are they going to... Are they going to stop... The Euros? Are they going to stop Glastonbury? They've stopped the London Book Fair. How could they? That, that's, the that, London Book Fair has been cancelled for disease. That's an institution. Yeah. How could they? You can't stop people reading, they'll die. Well, I suppose if you're sharing books, though, books might be the real... Yeah, fingers turning on page. Now, here's the thing. What if they get into the animals? What if they're infected? Well, that's where they came from. This might be... Yeah, but what if it goes back? But then, is this, therefore, a vegan agenda? (gasps) If this thing happens that I've just made up, could it force everyone to become vegan? Therefore, the whole thing was plotted by them. By them. They all shall not be named. Paranoia is clearly. Do you know what my mum? Do you know what my mum said to me this morning when I went into the kitchen? God. She said to me, 12 salamis have come into the country and infected people with the coronavirus." Should uh, we be broadcasting your mum's racism? No, she wasn't. She misheard. She wasn't being racist. She misheard the news. Story. Okay, I thought even that's what she calls Italian being. <laughs> no, that would be very, very racist. That's very bold. bold broadcasting your <laughs> bloody <laughs> salamis going in with their pizzas and their ice cream. Oh, no. The, she misheard and thought that someone had transported 12 sausages into the country and it was um, infecting people. But the real thing was Somalians. Oh, God. Okay. S- Somalians have been coming in and they were worried that they were infected. Where? I didn't think Somalia had it reached there yet. I suppose it would have done. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, anyway, salami... <laughs> Salami is not a racist term for Italians. Not yet. It is now. It is now. Uh, We've coined it. Uh, oh, it's nice to coin a nice new racist phrase. It's a it? first for Holiday Media. <laughs> uh, so, on the show, speaking of end of the world. Yes. I, last week, last time, picked a word for a random film pick. You certainly did. I chose the word behind. Hmm. You wanted something with bottoms. I did want something with bottoms. I thought about it. I thought about secretary because of the cover. Yeah. Because that stood out in my mind for my blockbuster days. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So that's like the original Fifty Shades of Grey as well. But I thought I'd Google film with behind. You know what one came up? A lot. Thunderpants. No. Okay. Left behind. Yes, it did, didn't it? You and made me watch it. Uh, yes, we watched it indeed. It's, it kept coming up. It's got a horrifically low score on Rotten Tomatoes, so I had to get it. Yes, and get it you did and watch it we did, and my God. Yes. So we'll be talking about that 
Later in the show, what else have we got? Um, so we've got some Fortnite Schmort Nights, some interesting movie news about the upcoming year. And also we're going to get into video game movies and movie video games. Mm, so after Sonic's runaway success. Because uh, uh, he, run, he's the he, fastest, he runs the fastest yeah. hedgehog in alive. Yes. Um, yeah, because we, we haven't really touched on video game movies before. We may well do it again in the future, but we are going to get into some good ones, some bad ones, what we think are our favourites. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, and we'll have a load of reviews and things as well. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's just get straight to one of your reviews then, shall we? We'll do something. Let's go somewhere. Adam's Film Reviews. The Invisible Man, 2020. As the attorney representing Adrian's trust, I'm required to read a prepared statement. Cecilia, although our relationship was far from perfect, I thought that you would talk to me rather than run away. Are you okay? What happened to him? He cut his wrists. Per his final wishes, you're getting five million dollars. Contingent, of course, on the fine print. He can't be ruled to be mentally incompetent. It just doesn't make any sense. What? Adrian wouldn't kill himself. Listen, you're getting your freedom back, okay? Don't let him haunt you. Hello? He was a sociopath, completely in control of everything. He said that wherever I went, he would find me, walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. Are you okay? Someone sitting in that chair. Written and directed by Saw and insidious veteran Lee Wannell, The Invisible Man is a thoroughly modern adaptation of the H.G. Wells novel of the same name, and is the survivor of the doomed-before-it-began universal dark universe that kicked off with the travesty that was 2017's The Mummy. Originally supposed to be part of a wider universe starring Johnny Depp, The Invisible Man was picked up by horror mogul Jason Blum of Blumhouse Productions. Depp was dropped, Wanner was in, and a whole new film was prepared. Thank Christ. The Invisible Man introduces us to Cecilia Cass, a woman trapped in a violent, abusive relationship with Adrian Griffin, a tech superstar who made his name and his millions in advanced optics. After managing to escape the fortress that is their swanky South California residence, Cecilia goes on the run. Same with her friend James, a police detective, and his daughter Sydney. Terrified that Adrian will find her, Cecilia quickly becomes a recluse, unable to step beyond the front door of James's home without breaking into cold sweat. This cycle ends, however, when Cecilia's sister Emily arrives with the news that Adrian has died, having killed himself after Cecilia left. Awarded a $5 million trust fund, left to her in Adrian's will, Cecilia is unable to distance herself from the shadow of her late boyfriend. It starts small, but first. A frying pan, left over a hot flame, mysteriously catches fire. 
items go missing from Cecilia's portfolio and, most worrying of all, Cecilia is drugged with diazepam from the exact same bottle of pills she used to knock Adrian out the night she escaped. Fitful and terrified, Cecilia comes to the conclusion that Adrian is not dead at all, but is somehow able to torture her without him being seen. Her protestations go unheard, however, despite the fact that Adrian is a well-acknowledged genius in the field of optics and light. In no time at all, she's left isolated with her friends and family abandoning her amidst her increasingly erratic behaviour. With no one left to turn to, Cecilia must depend on her own wit, guile and strength to lure the invisible Adrian out into the open and stop him before it's too late. What starts as a horror ends in a sort of sci-fi action and honestly, it's absolutely incredible. It's easy to tell that the filmmakers behind The Invisible Man have their roots in horror. From the opening scene there's a sense of unease and indeed of the sort of gothic dread present in the original novel and later film adaptations. By the end of the first act the film is pumped so full of suspense and dread that it's easy to forget this is supposed to be science fiction, not supernatural horror. In both respects this film excels. One also action has to be credited for much of this with long sequences of suspense matched with an insistence to shoot characters with just a little too much space in the frame. This gives the audience the unnerving feeling that someone's there, that something's going to happen. Drawing the eye and making even the most mundane scenes an edge of the sea experience. Elizabeth Moss's performance absolutely nails the unhinged nature of the story, her every moment on screen informing us of the terror and turmoil that Cecilia is going through. This film's seriously good. Beyond just the monster flick, The Invisible Man presents us with the sad fact that no matter how far away an abuser is, a survivor must still live in the shadow of terror and that they, at any moment, might fall victim to the unseen figure from their past. Make this your next trip to the cinema. You won't be disappointed. Is he listening? Where are you? Where are you? Show yourself! Come on! Do it! There you are. Adam! Well, you have put yourself to the grind of the axe and you have managed to push out our first ever professional film, Quaggers. Yay! You've been stuck in this chamber of yours for weeks, editing away in a yes. fever dream of illness oh. and death. Unbelievable. There was a whole week of film, of editing the video. Right. Well, there's more, but most of it was done in that week. Then there was a full week of evenings of sound mixing. Right. And by the end, I was literally in a fever dream. I don't remember. Until we had a little mini screening the other day, I didn't remember what I'd done. <laughs> it's... We, uh, me, Adam and Josh, a, f- a moment we've been waiting for for well over a year in terms of this project. Um, we watched our movie back for the very first time and there were definitely points in the film where you're, we can see, in the best possible way, your insanity seeping in with your decisions of sound and music. And I think the last, the last thing I really remember is deciding to dub over... Dan's dialogue when he's like fighting at one point. Right. So it's just me in front of the mic going, ha 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 ha
Just really, really happening. What will <laughs> the neighbours think? Oh, God, they've already... They've already, they've already written us off, I think. They've already been complained to us about werewolves, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 I think because it's taken so long, we've learned so much since we started. Yes. More than three years of university, uh, more than all sorts of things. Well, like I'm looking at the footage thinking, no, I wouldn't have done that though. Like, oh, I see what you mean. So since doing since it. Since doing it, I think because of our 31 days of horror, various other little mini projects and stuff. It's so different. It's like I didn't do it. Yeah. It's like I didn't, wasn't there. No, I totally get that. It was really weird. So by watching it back at the end, instantly, I'm absolutely sick of Croggers. Yeah? I hate it. You can leave me alone. But only because I've been looking at it mm. constantly. It's colour graded into your eyes. I, uh, by the time the premiere happens, which we're not going to reveal the date of yet because we still need to... Uh, Make sure we've got the cast and crew yeah. signed up. But soon we'll announce that. Uh, by the time that comes around, it'll be fine. But mm. right now, the last thing I want to look at is one little beasts. But yes. I mean, how did you find the experience of watching? It was because um, obviously you'd shown us little bits of the film of like, we, look, I've edited this bit together, look, I've edited that. And that was singularly very good. But watching it as a narrative, as a full fictional spectacle, um, it was wonderful. It was really, really cool. It was a really proud and awesome moment. And yeah, I think you did an excellent job with the editing. I think we all did a, a deserve to give ourselves a pat on the back. It's it's great, and Yay. I can't, I cannot wait for the world to see it. And it was genuinely, it's hilarious. And I don't, I'm not just saying it because it's our film. It's it's very, very funny. Yeah, that's uh, that was a good moment when, mm. bear in mind, you and Josh have both seen bits here and there the whole time. Mm. Both of you just laughing the whole time. Yeah. Well, I'm doing that. Mm. Hey, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I can see all the mistakes. Shut up. Uh, but yeah, no, it's awesome. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be really good getting out to the thing. So, we're, so yes, we will have a screening. It will be on the big screen. It will. We will be entering it into film festivals. We have already entered it into one. Yes. Yeah, so the the main deadline was getting into this one in particular. Yeah. Not going to say what it is in case we don't get in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got. We audience. Um, we can finally say to you for the first time, we haven't almost finished it. We've finished it. Yay! It's done. It's done. I mean, right behind Rob's head is my to do list, and it's all crossed off. We will be bringing you some other content soon, no doubt, because we haven't, you haven't seen us doing anything in a while. But yeah, keep your, your eyes peeled. Oh, mademoiselle, would you like to have a film discussion? Oh, yes, monsieur. I would love to have an in-depth film discussion with you, like I do on screen, bucket. So, on the last show, I picked the word behind. Yep. And I found the best film I possibly could about behinds. Left... Yeah, what's the title? Was it 2014's Left Behind. So on this podcast and beforehand on the radio show, we've always aspired to pick interesting and 
fantastic films, cult classics. We've had the likes of The Big Lebowski, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, we've had all Children of Men. We've had truly magnificent films. Yes. And to throw a spanner in the works, you've chosen the worst film of all time. It has 1% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's why I picked it. <laughs> yes, and I'm excited that we're reviewing such a catastrophe of a film. It's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, uh, okay, so it also stars Nicolas Cage, which was the second reason I picked it. Yeah, of 1%, course. 1% Nicolas Cage. Yes. Yes, I'm in. Hi, Mom. Chloe, welcome home. So is everything set for Dad's surprise party? Uh, he got called into work. Can I buy you a coffee? I'm waiting for someone. Uh, My dad. Hi, sweetheart. Hey. Welcome aboard PanCon Flight 257 to London. By time today will be six hours and 30 minutes. I love you. Plane, it simply vanished. Chris, look in! Chris! I know you all want answers, and believe me, so do I, and I'll do my best to get them. I heard some doctors talking. It's not just here, it's all over the world. Oh God! So you may have heard of it. Some I think Josh has heard of it before. It's a film with a plane and the rapture. The rapture happens. The rapture happens. I mean, what do you know about the rapture? Well, I used to read. I've, I've read Revelations. Mm. I know that it's all about the end of the world. Yep. God picks his chosen one from the flock of humanity. Including the dead already. Right. There's a whole... Lots of zombie films have used the rapture as an excuse. Because the dead come off the thing. That's why you bury bodies. You don't burn them. Oh, so they can't float back up. Well, they say you would be invited to, oh, Earth, to heaven. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. That's why you wouldn't burn a, the body. I was on a completely different tangent. I was imagining zombies being lifted out of the ground. But that's why That's why zombie films have used that as, right. a, as, as a thing. Okay. So the dead, the living, are invited to heaven if they're sinless or whatever, uh, leaving the rest of humanity to fend for themselves. Like in The Simpsons have done it when the Flanders went up to heaven and yes. the Simpsons were left. This is the end. Blue light took the good people up to... Yep. Uh, family Guy. I can't actually remember what Family Guy... Uh, not about Family Guy. American Dad. I'm sure Family Guy did it as well. American Dad has the best rapture because mm. it turns into Mad Max. Brilliant. It's Which awesome. Uh everyone's gone to the rapture the video game where everyone's missing you're the only one left that's a that's a thing so yeah it's it's a biblical christian thing i don't think it passes into any other religion they've got their own versions of it yeah um the i imagine it's based on the novel left behind which is a series with two authors i think okay, yeah, yeah um and the it's definitely meant to be it's definitely is written from a Christian perspective, but well, it, we kept. It's well, offensive to Christians because I think because it's so stupid. It also implies that Christians have got an evil plan. Yeah, it's it's very weird because I kept thinking as we watched it, was this a Christian? Was this paid for by a church? Yeah, because 
throughout the film, well, certainly the first half, there's a lot of people doubting God. Lots of talk about why would he do anything? God works in mysterious ways, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and it's implied that people find the idea ludicrous and stupid. That's just hokum. Yeah. Or and, is it? And then it comes out that, oh, no, they were right. Yeah. But it treats that revelation like like a betrayal. Yeah. How dare you believe in God and rapture yourself? It's really weird. The tone's very strange. But it it turns itself on its head with a bridge scene um, where she accepts and is about to end her life and hence banish her soul to hell for all eternity. Oh, God. And then a change of heart and a phone call... But we've that with I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, that's we'll we'll start at the start. Let's break down what actually happened. So the, number one, the film was directed by Vic Armstrong, mm. uh, which he was a stuntman with the most stuntman name ever. Yeah, very Victor cool. Victor Armstrong. Very cool. Uh, he's a British guy. He's been uh, stunt double for Harrison Ford, Christopher Reeve, everyone. Right. Really, really legendary guy, and he ends up directing films. Apparently, although we haven't seen any evidence of that yet, I don't know how we haven't seen the <coughs> the Sunday Horse, <laughs> yeah. one of one of his great masterpieces. <clears throat> but um, yeah, so we are introduced to Chloe Steele, a forty-year-old college student, yeah. uh, who's flown in to surprise her dad. Yeah, who's an airline pilot. Uh, for his his birthday, I think he's got a weird relationship with his wife, mm. Chloe's mum, who's turned Christian. Who, as they put it, has drunk the Kool Aid. She's yeah, she's drunk the Kool Aid, <laughs> okay. and bizarrely has started predicting the rapture. Yeah, which which is a very le- which is a plot line that is dropped and left hanging loosely. About three quarters of the way through the film, we never know why. Yeah, so we've got Ray, Ray Steele, he's the dad, he's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. He doesn't, he's not interested. He leaves her to talk about God, he's not interested. He's off to have an affair with a... Smoking hot air stewardess. Incredibly sexy air stewardess. And while, when Chloe's waiting for her in the airport, waiting for him in the airport, she sees it. (laughs) And she gets suspicious. And it's really awkward and weird. Yeah. And he's left his ring in the car and she says, why aren't you wearing your ring, Dad? And he's like, oh, I don't wear it when I'm flying. That's, gee, that's, yeah, brilliant. And Perfect. If, well, why? Eh? But and then Chad Michael Murray is uh, an ace reporter, <laughs> around an international reporter who's always on the site of the natural disaster or yeah. catastrophe or in the war. With stick-on Velcro beard. Like your old action man. He looks like my action man. And he's introduced in the most ridiculous way as well. There's a Christian woman who's in a bookshop in the airport and picks up one of his books. And it's like, natural disasters. It's a picture of him holding a a wounded child in his arms. And it's like, airplane. The first of many connections (laughs) with the Zucker Brothers comedy. It's just oh, a disaster! And she takes it to be signed, and she starts talking about God, and it's 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 so awkward. It's over. We have to talk about. You just said picture. I'm sorry. We have to talk about the photo. Oh, yeah. We have we have to talk about the family photograph. There is a family photograph oh, of God. the Steels. Yes. So it's 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 mum, it's dad, it's Chloe, it's her annoying ginger child brother, in this weird group shot. So badly photoshopped <laughs> it's like 
half Photoshop, half painted. Like Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Nicholas Cage's face has just been sticked <laughs> on. And the moment we saw it, we both burst into laughter. And then later on, Josh joined us because the film was so bad he had to sit with us. He pulled a chair and just came in. <laughs> like, I need to watch this. And we saw a glimpse of the picture and he went, "Is that the picture that you're talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh man. So Ray has to work. Yeah. He's sodded off his birthday. He's, he's working the trip instead. Chloe is furious. And, but uh, she goes home anyway. She goes home. But only after meeting Cameron Buck Williams. Yeah. Investigative <laughs> journalist, reporter, who boards the plane as well. So he's on the plane, the Ray's captain in. And this is where it starts to offend other people. This is where it's offensive to black people, dwarves, and especially... Muslims, yeah, but we'll yeah. we'll get to that in a bit. Um, yeah, so they're so they're settling down on the plane. What's her name? Chloe. Chloe. She gets back home, has a little argument with her Christian crazy mum, and she decides she's going to take her kids to the to the mall. To so take her brother, yeah, her, her brother to the mall. So we've got these two different storylines going on now. So on board the plane with Cameron Buck Williams. Uh, is uh, the weirdest group of people on board mm. this plane. We see first class, we see coach as well. They all, it's so awkward. They all talk to each other. They all introduce themselves to each other. It's just it's, weird. It's wrong. So you're a gambling man, are you? Yeah, like, sod off. The, Looking at me. So the dwarf um, is speaking to a child who is the daughter of an American football player who's broken his arm. He writes down... To place a bet when he lands. And then the guy next to him, Are you a gambling man? Yeah. It's like, don't do that to me on a plane. Never. You, oh, never and you've known. got Texan businessman. Yeah. Uh, you've got Chinese conspiracy theorist. Yeah. He's into UFOs. He's d- dismissed, treated badly like an idiot. The most unbelievable drug addict in the history of oh, film. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's like... Who's he? Is he trying to be like uh, sort of a Kate Moss type? Yeah, she's trying to be like an English model, like a rich girl who's got a drug pro- a drug hang up. British rich princess who's got her drug problems. She's in first class, but she's awful. But she's yeah, very she's, very oh, horrendous. Yeah, okay. Um, you've got a lovely old couple. Yeah, lovely old couple. Lovely old couple. Uh, the uh, black guy who's like kind of. Stro- like he's only there to make Chad Michael Murray's character cooler if you know what I mean yeah yeah he's just stroking his ego yeah and then hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you've got my respect because you're Chad Michael yes it's very it's, yeah. But yeah the whole thing feels really unreal and then you've got so the plane takes off uh, Chloe's with Raimi in the mall and they're it's weird the whole so they're there Awkwardly clapping at a, oh, like a group of breakdancers in the middle of it. Breakdancers in the mall. It, the whole thing felt, maybe this is because of the books, um, it felt like 20 years ago. It did. It didn't feel like now. Bear in mind this film came out in 2014. It felt like something you would see in a bad episode of The X-Files. Yeah, or, it's, like, it's like it was written from the memories of... You know, it's like, oh yeah, I remember going to the mall mm. in the 80s and seeing breakdancers. It quite easily could have been a film from the mid-90s up until The Drone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's the only thing, though. Yeah, and that was it. Even the mobile phones are weird and old-fashioned. Uh, so, planes taking off, things happening, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Chloe and Raimi have a really awkward hug. Yep. And then, flip, in the blink of an eye. Rapture! 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 Uh, Raimi disappears in a pile of clothes. Yep. Um, all of the all of the people are taken naked to heaven. So they're just left in the, the clothes yes. are the only thing that's I think that's behind. actually in the Bible as well. Uh, cool. All the kids disappear straight off. Yep. Uh, most of the adults, uh, well, not most of the adults, a few adults. Yep. Uh, all disappear. And panic. Bedlam. Everyone freaks out because all these people have disappeared. So if we're going by the rule that the righteous people have been taken to heaven and the bad people have been left on earth, let's go through the people who are definitely bad then. So that that nice, cute elderly couple, man's gone up, woman's a cow. Yep, woman's had an affair. The Muslim guy, despite being a devout man who helps, who spent all of his time trying to help people on the plane... Nothing but a good sort. Are you believing in the wrong God? So, eh, eh. Yeah. Staying down here, mate. That felt... Staying down here. Very weird. Yeah. And it, it, the worst thing about that was they kind of... They, they made a half-effort attempt to have the dwarf accuse him of being a terrorist or up to no good. He was searching his bag for a bomb. Well, he accused him of being a terrorist yeah. because there's the fantastic line, even the terrorist can design a weapon that could... Make yeah. people disappear. What? Yeah. Clunky. So they try and make it out. Oh, oh, yeah, but he is a good guy. But without adjusting the fact, but yeah, but he's still staying on Earth. Yeah, yeah. He's still stuck in the apocalypse. It's weird. It's weird. So you've got you've got Ray Nicholas Cage. He's having an affair. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, and then the the air hostess. The air hostess. She's the whore of Babylon. The whore of Babylon. Uh, Chloe. She looks, by the way, she looks like you know when you go into like the dance in town or any joke shop and you see a Smithy's costume. She <laughs> looked like an air stewardess model for a silly air stewardess costume. I thought she looked a bit like the girls at the makeup counter in Boots when you're like six years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're so, oh, like if you take girl. a chisel to the face, it just, yeah, just, just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Chloe didn't believe. I think not believing is the main thing. Right, like I guess you. I guess you. You've got uh, whoever the dwarf little person is. Little dwarf. Who's a gambler. Yeah. Also, an a- um, he never does anything nice and he's just hurled off oh, the plane at the end. Very angry. He, no, he's more offensive, actually. He's the most offensive thing in it. Like, he's just, they made him a little. Yeah. He's just rude to everyone and then they hurl him off the plane at the end. Well, don't, don't do that. Kick him off the plane, don't they? <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah. So everyone's freaking out. Yeah. So in the in the mall, people are panicking immediately. It's like Simpsons. Everyone just immediately starts yeah, rioting straight away. Uh, and things that are happening outside as well, like cars are starting to crash. And- Criminals are making odd decisions with what they steal. Oh, like th- Chloe's walking under a bridge, and then um, two guys on a moped went past and steal a bag. Yeah, instant and uh, like within seconds of the rapture, people were carrying TVs out of the mall. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty realistic, really. Run, uh, rapture. Planes are crashing, all sorts of stuff. In the best stunt in the whole film, a mini plane just blows up. Yeah, it blows awesome. up in the parking lot. Uh, oh. And then on board the plane, because all the kids disappear, the first instinct is everyone freaks out because the kids have vanished. Yeah. Uh, that's when Chris Buck Williamson gets out his camera and starts recording people and yeah. interviewing them. Ah, stop it! For why? For why? Because he's a reporter. Because he's a reporter. It. He's going to report what's going on. <coughs> um, 
the rowdy crowd instantly their first thought is we must break into the pilot <laughs> yeah we must the we, captain knows what's going on we must get him and kill him the co-pilot's gone yeah so now nicholas cage is on his own so what can he do he disengages the air pressure to suffocate everyone into yeah. submission yeah didn't know they could do that <laughs> so if we're misbehaving they could do that it's absolutely terrifying decompresses the cabin puts the oxygen mask down so everyone has to sit down and then everything slows down because what I mean, what else can happen? All they can do is ask, "What's going on? What's happening?" Well, that's all it is. Chloe spends the rest of the film walking about, getting more and more depressed. She goes back home. Um, she finds her mum's jewellery in the shower. Yeah, so she's, oh, she's gone. She goes up to a bridge. Oh, there is the wonderful moment where mm. um, Mr. Steele, Nicholas Cage, uh, ace pilot, he's been in the business for years. There is a plane <laughs> headed straight for him, and he takes about. Two minutes trying to get in contact with the plane, despite getting nothing, and then about five seconds trying to move the, the airplane Wait, away. He tries to move left. He tries yeah. to bank left. Just go down. Just go down. Or up. Or up. Because the plane, it does hit the... They do collide. There is a bit of drama. Yeah. The plane only pings off the wing. Like, all he had to do was bend the wing down. Yeah. Whoop. That's it. But he, so he's, he's so bad at his job. It's awful. It's so bad. And then, so nothing happens. At this point, all they're talking about is how to get home. Where is everyone? Don't know. Okay. What's happening? What's going on? And this is also the point where we have the drug addict goes into the bathroom, starts talking to herself in the mirror. She removes her sunglasses. She's been crying. It's okay. It's okay. You're just having a bad trip. You've had these before. Now, uh, drugs. Don't. What? That? There, she, well, she, there's also later on, she goes, I know what happened. I went to a Bible camp when I was 11 years old. Doesn't happen over here. Doesn't happen. She's just there to tell the story of what's going on. Hmm. But she's terrible. Yeah. Everyone's terrible. No one's ter- everyone's terrible. No one makes any sense. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just mental. It culminates with Chloe arranging for the plane to land on a Almost finished bridge. Clears the way. She clears the way with a car, taking out all the obstacles. Loads of obstacles. More than you needed. My favourite bit was when she said, he said, you're going to have to light a beacon of some sort. And she starts looking around and you went, it's a shame there's not a canister of oil in the back of the car or something. She looked around. Yep. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry tank of oil. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and that happened loads of times. The first thing you think of is what happens in the story. Yeah. Like, oh, obviously there's going to be a petrol cat. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, and then the plane, when it starts landing, it almost hits a tanker of oil. Oh, my God. At one point you said, was this written by a 17-year-old? Yeah. And I, I think stand- that was being it's, I, it reminds positive. It reminds me of writing that I was doing in various projects when I was younger that make me cringe now thinking about it. And it makes me think as well, these writers, that film is still like a multi-million pound film. You know, that's they've got all the way to Hollywood. They've got Nicolas Cage in it. They've got Chad Michael Murray in it. It's going to be shown in cinemas. Fair enough, it bombs, it flops or whatever. But if that film can make it all the way there, then why can't... Like, there's no reason that anyone else can't do it. Anyone yeah. in the world is a better writer than whoever it's wrote true, that. It's true, it's true. It's really true. I'm just looking at the Rotten Tomatoes uh, reviews. So, you know what? I mean, and here's a massive criticism for it. Yeah. In the vast majority of Nicolas Cage films, I love him. But in this film, there's he's 
doesn't have his essence. It's like his mojo isn't all there. 2013-14, was that his low period? I'm trying to think. Well, there was that was just after the Wicker Man, wasn't it? No, that was before, that was way before, I think. And then was it around the era of Bad Lieutenant, which was a masterpiece? Which is a masterpiece, yes. Yeah. Well, that was around 2011, I think. Oh, it's going back. So he's had a slump. And obviously recently he's come back with stuff like Mandy, and now he's got Colour Out of Space, which both of which are, well, I know one's great, and then the other one's been critically acclaimed. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he didn't have his mojo. Really. No, he didn't. And I wonder if it was because you said that you read some trivia that he was doing it for a favour for his brother, who for was... A, for Mark Coppola, I think. Because um, they're all related to the great Francis Ford Coppola. Um, yeah, so his brother's a priest, and his priest brother said, please, can you be in this film? Because I'm a highly religious man, and I love the book. Yeah. So Nicolas Cage must be like, oh, all right, then. <laughs> and here we are. So, yeah, so maybe there is a Christian connection to it. Hmm. But it's... Uh, yeah, the whole film. It's offensive to everyone, including Christians. Yes, and um, and basically, uh, it's, is it worth watching for the novelty? It's. I think it's educational. It's because uh, <laughs> really? because you. Uh, I mean, it teaches you the opposite, the right path to walk. Because the right path to walk is in the opposite direction of that film. I mean, at the end of it, they're hurling a dwarf out. They're kicking a dwarf out of a plane. Um, and he's had no arc whatsoever. He's just been no one's no, no one, one has an arc. No one has an arc. The the biggest you've got is is Chloe like almost killing herself and then deciding not to and deciding not to and saving the day. Uh, and Nicholas Cage who has this really awkward scene where he's suddenly he's looking around and he looks for his co-pilot who's gone, uh, his stuff. He goes for his wallet. There's nothing in there. His clothes was can't find anything. Necklace, nothing. But then he finds on the watch a Bible verse. No, oh, was it three sixteen or something? John three sixteen. Yeah. And then he asked the sexy one to find the other air hostess's stuff. She brings the bag. He goes for his notebook, and there's a Bible study day. Oh, suddenly he believes in God. It was clearly God. Yes, it was God. It was him all along. And he tells. The air hostess, and she's like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. That scene is so rubbish. Because it implies implies that you have to be in the cult to be raptured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is... Which is where it feels a bit like... You shouldn't be saying that. Especially in 2015, you don't even think. Yeah, it's very strange. The baby's missing from the hospital is quite interesting. I'll tell you, one bit of creative filmmaking that I did like in the shopping mall so it must have been in the book oh yeah there's no way in the shopping mall when all the kids go they just see all the balloons fly up that's oh, good clearly kids let go of the balloon. that's a really good idea yeah that's one it's, element it works on a lot of levels actually doesn't it it's, always, it's like you know it's them rising up in a way it's the darkness oh my god they're gone the balloons yeah, yeah 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 it's quite horrifying uh one moment of genius in uh Terrible, terrible hour and a half film. It's a film that is good for no one. It benefits no one. It's so bad. Definitely watch it. Um, yeah. You don't m- pay for it. Don't pay for it. You will enjoy find it. Find a way to find watch if it. If you like films that are not just bad, so bad they're good, but just genuinely like atrocious. I mean, we had a laugh. Yeah, we laughed. We laughed. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, not going on the Hall of Fame. 
No, going on. We won't call it the Hall of Shame. We'll the, call it the the Drawer of Disappointment. Yeah, yes. the Drawer of Disappointment. Cool. So next film, would you like to pick a book? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Why not? Tell us what you've got. The Drinking Games book. The ultimate drinking games book. Okay. This uh, was published by my brother, I think, years ago. So I'm going to turn pages, and Adam's going to say stop, yep. and then so forth, till we land on a word. Yes. Hey, stop. Uh, stop. Believes. Believes. Oh, no. Not more religion. No, campaign of Christian. Uh... Oh, that's bad. Challenge. 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 Let's go for that one. Challenge. Okay. All right. You have, oh, you've closed it now. Never mind. So say read the sentence. Was it that one? I don't know. Okay. Challenge. Challenge. Challenge right. accepted. I have a think. I will. And we shall come back with a challenge film in two more weeks. Wonderful. Over to a review from Nick. Nick's game reviews. Two Point Hospital. Who remembers Bullfrog? You remember their games, right? Dungeon Keeper, Theme Park, Theme Hospital. I spent hours and hours of my childhood playing these games, and a particular favourite of mine was Theme Hospital. I can still summon that music in my mind. Oh, nostalgia. Thing is, Bullfrog made fantastic, addictive and funny games that had a huge cultural impact on the gaming industry of the time. The studio head, Pete Molyneux, became an industry giant going on to found Lionhead Studios to produce games such as Black and White and the Fable series. But Bullfrog and their quirky management sims were forgotten in the ensuing years. Lionhead Studios went down the same route as many classic studios do, into oblivion. Microsoft shuttered the studio in 2016 with Pete Molyneux disappearing into relative obscurity and a lot of the staff being absorbed into other Xbox studios. But some of the developers decided to do something different. Mark Webley and Gary Carr decided to go back to their roots and so formed Two Point Studios. Their first endeavour, Two Point Hospital. A spiritual successor to Theme Hospital, this game knows exactly what it is basically an all-but-name remake of the 1997 original. It has kept the game similar enough in every way, without breaking any copyright laws. The menus, the music, the structure of the game, even the characters look similar. If you haven't played Theme Hospital before, then Two Point Hospital is basically a hospital simulation game where the aim is to make your hospital as successful as possible, to cure as many patients as quickly as possible, keeping your staff happy and the money rolling in. Every now and then you will unlock a new hospital that is increasingly more difficult challenges attached to it. Throughout the game you'll be accompanied by the hospital radio, which is really rather chortlesome to say the least, full of punny adverts and ridiculous patient or administration related announcements. You will also be interrupted every now and then by the occasional emergency, such as a pandemic or strange accident in the nearby city. You still have the rat infestations, but this time they've been replaced by the ghosts of former patients. The janitors, instead of killing rats, use their Ghostbuster hoovers to clear them out, which is always fun to watch. Every now and then you will receive challenges from board members or staff to try and cure a certain amount of patients within a certain amount of time, or upgrade certain equipment to higher levels, and you still get the occasional visit from health inspectors or VIPs that you have to impress. All in all, 
Picking the game up felt like visiting your childhood home for the first time in months or years. Some things have changed, but ultimately, you know where everything is, and what each strange noise is. It's warm, it's welcoming, it's full of laughs. It's challenging enough to give you that, oh, I'll just build one more ward, that only a good management sim can give you. What I'm basically saying is that it's so addictive, you'll likely lose at least a week of your life to Two Point Hospital. Oh, and it's on Game Pass, so what excuse do you have not to play it? Green Bucket, Adam and Rob. Welcome to Fortnite Schmort Night. The new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, has been delayed seven months due to the coronavirus. Say it properly. Coronavirus. My coronavirus. Okay. I hate you so much. Producers have stated that they moved the release after careful consideration and thorough evaluation of the global theatrical marketplace. What a poncy sentence, I just, just say? Just say, we don't want to infect people. I yeah. Mean, this comes with reports that the film industry could lose a reported five billion, five billion dollars as a result of the epidemic. Because of Bond? Because, no, because of coronavirus. Okay, I was going to say, that's very... Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's We're going to, we ourselves are going to make five billion dollars. Yeah. And that's going to cost them, everyone, because of the careful consideration and thorough evaluation of the Vulcan players. Well, we'll fly over to our island and watch the checks come in, shall we? <laughs> um, yeah, so this uh, disease, and I will hasten to add that the April slot for No Time to Die has been re- replaced by none other than Trolls 2. What? Do you remember the little toys, the troll movies? Trolls Free? There's a Trolls film replacing No Time to Die. Right. So this, the coronavirus is now replacing iconic movie characters with little with hair. Um, This isn't what we wanted. People are dying. People are ill. We do not want little fluffy penis men. Yes. Instead. Yes. Um, That's all I have to say about that. Okay. Well said. Steven Spielberg has announced that he will not be directing Indiana Jones 5. No, say it as you've written it. Steven Spielberg has announced he will not be directing Indiana Jones 5. (laughs) Variety has reported that Spielberg decided to leave the role in a desire to pass along Indy's whip to a new generation to bring their perspective to the story. Sources have said that James Mangold is likely to take the director's chair with resume already boasting Walk the Line, Ford vs. Ferrari, Free Tent to Yuma. He's done Wolverine films. Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. Um, but they're all very boring. Do you know what? I think Spielberg... I mean, what, what else is he going to do? I mean, he's going to have to CGI a load of stuff into a film again. Do you know who should do Indiana Jones 5? Well, if someone has to do it. Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That'd be awesome. No, uh, Taika Waititi. Yes. Bring some proper energy yes. back into this film. Would it make... I mean, there's a lot of sass humour throughout all of the Indiana Jones movies. Would mm. he be too, too too much sass? Would he over-sass it? Maybe. Would, would it just become a, a comedy? Yeah. Yeah. So? I mean, We've he... got a flipping octogenarian Indiana Jones. Comedy's the only thing you can do. That's true. How's he? Yeah, how's he gonna do it? It's just ridiculous. Don't stop. How is he gonna hang onto anything? He's an old man. Yeah, he's not. I don't like it. He's a very attractive old man, but he's an old man. He's an old grumpy man. 
Let him sit in his chair. Let him ride his broken planes. Maybe the whole film will just be him in a chair. Be great. <gasps> Do you, here's a question. Do you think they should have Charlotte Booth's character Mutt back? Well, see, that's what it felt like they were doing. It felt like they were passing the buck onto Charlotte yeah. Booth. But he's gone mad, so that's not happening. Yeah, no, he's not going to go. He's, uh, he just does art stuff now, doesn't he? Unless he... I suppose if it was an older man, he could, he could replace him. Yeah. If you set this a while later. Mm. Yeah, that's true. You can have him as an adult person. I mean, it's probably going to be in the 60s, right? Because uh, there was a start in the 50s in the indie Yeah. So they're going to have the swinging 60s. They're going to have... Uh... I think this as well. So, World War II, mm. Nazis, there was a real-life thing about ancient art artifacts and stuff yeah 50s there was a whole thing about aliens yep and Red Scare that's all in there what was the 60s so they've already so they've there taken was... the Russian thing in the in the last one so if they were if we were to blacklist Russians well there'd, there'd still be a Russian thing in, there okay. in the 60s Cold War nuclear arms uh, what about the psychedelics Indiana Jones uh. takes a load of acid and links to the other world or, or you skip ahead to the 70s and make it uh, Vietnam But then again, you've—I don't know what There'd the big be mystical some thing Vietnamese was. Vietnamese legend, like a—you could—you could continue UFO jewel. stuff in the sixties. Yeah, but seventies mm, cults, yeah, cults, yeah, uh, druids, pagans, yeah, pagans. the new age, something to do with Stonehenge, mm. oh, the dark arts. That's an interesting idea. Sat- Satanism. Yeah, it was a big deal in the seventies. Yes, there was a. Uh, Mr. Crowley well, and all that. Uh, yeah, and bloody uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, sort of stuff. Satanism and hippies. And, yeah, it would be that okay. Would be cool. It's got to be cults and hippies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, take waiting. Oh, sorry, Taika Waititi <laughs> will be directing two animated <laughs> shows. Dal. Rob has written take waiting. Shoal Dal. Shoal Dal. Tiger Waititi will be directing two animated Roald Dahl projects for Netflix. One oh! Of, one of them will be another adaption of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and the other one will be an original take on the Oompa Loompas. Oh, and they're then, both about yeah. that. And they're not described as films, but rather animated series events. Okay, so the Oompa Loompas are going to be from New Zealand. That would be amazing. And Hobbits. Yeah, that's exactly what it's going to be. They're going to be... Impa Limpers. Impa Limpers. Impa Limpers. And yeah, they're going to live in Hobbit holes. And then Willy Wonka is going to come ride along on a Balrog. Willy Winker? Willy (laughs) Wonka. He's going to ride a. That's so offensive. Um, No, it's not. It's what I was just going to say. Six. Number six. That's South African. That's the same thing. (sighs) New Zealand's just slightly more whispered. Six. Six. Only got custard on the Yeah, exactly. I had a good cast in the years. <laughs> what we need is another war. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I I feel like maybe um, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory has been done to death. I would have liked to have seen oh, I don't know James and the Giant Peach. I suppose Matilda's back as a musical now. Um, They've all twits. been done to death. They have, haven't they? Twits would be interesting. I don't see yeah, too much about the twits. Not much about the twits. Uh, uh, BFG's I... been done to death. Oh, and ruined. Yeah. So. Uh, my favourite Well, that was The Boy. I've never seen The Boy or read The Boy. The Boy, I believe, was just his straight autobiography. 
Oh, that's boring. No, no, because he did. He got up to weird stuff. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a one story that sits in my head of um, there's a really mean old sweet shop lady. Oh, really? So they, they they made this big heist style event to slip a dead mouse into the gobstopper jar. Brilliant. And that like gave her a heart attack or something. It was all like this is. Where his ideas come That's amazing. Okay, I take it back. I take so it back. I'd actually quite like to see just an adaptation of that. Yeah, well, I've just done Tolkien. a whimsical version of it. They've done Tolkien, haven't they? So we might as well do move on to him yeah. now. He's, um, he's like one of the most influential authors of all time. Why not? Um, next, the 2011 thriller Contagion, previously reviewed by your history, um, is getting some rather macabre attention as a result of the coronavirus. We said this the other day, a couple of shows ago, didn't we? Did we? Is this repeat? It is repeated news. But, but actually, I've got stats now. Oh, stats. Okay. Wow. So continuing on from the last yes, news yes, yes, thing. Yes. Um, before Christmas in December, it was ranked 270 among Warner Brothers' most popular title catalog. Whatever. Um, it's now sitting in second. Oh, bested only by the Harry Potter movies, which are the, some of the most successful blockbusters of all time. So, we as humans, people around us are dying in droves, ill and sick and poorly, and we want to watch a movie about it. Do you know what else has happened since coronavirus? What? Uh, there's a game called Pandemic, which I used to have on my phone. Oh yeah, it's a board game as well, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yes. Hold on, Pandemic might be something else. Maybe it's not Pandemic. There's a game, you can get it as an app on your phone, I used to have it, where you make a virus to try and wipe out humanity. Right. Uh, and it went viral in China, because people were using it as a way to learn how to defeat it. Oh my god. So yeah, people were drawn to this stuff. And no matter how horrible a thing is happening, people will buy into it from a social perspective. I wonder if... If there was a meteorite the size of Texas heading oh, towards Earth... Armageddon would be, it'd be deep, showed on every channel. Deep impact, yeah. you know, it would, yeah, it would be the big thing. It's because people, I think they rely on Hollywood a little bit. Also, like, if you want a happy ending. Mm. Or a worst-case scenario ending. Yeah. So people are drawn to disaster movies. Yeah. There's a cathartic uh, feeling in, I don't know, seeing your death represented on a screen. Well, there's a famous thing, like, uh, violent movies and video games and media, generally, uh, happen in the most peaceful countries. Yeah. Because people want something dramatic. They want that outlet, yeah. If you live in a violent country, culture... The last thing you're going to do is play Grand Theft Auto. Exactly. You're going to be picking flowers and, Hmm. you know, whatever. Okay. The origin of twat... Oh, he was really, um, really glued to my keyboard, to your keyboard just now, the writing. The origin of what appeared to be Palpatine has been revealed by the novelization of Rise of Skywalker. So anyone who remembers the film Rise of Skywalker, he came back. So we thought, or didn't we? But it didn't describe how he came back or why. But the novelization has confirmed that he is a clone. He was a clone. It was also revealed that this seemingly quite important detail used to be in an earlier part of the script, but they seeded it. They bugged it off. Yeah, so that's a J.J. Abrams thing. Right. Yeah, it's sort of off. Get it off. No, no explanation. Just just pretty colours and shapes. I've 
got more vengeful about Rise of Skywalker as time's gone on. The more I think about it. Yeah. I need to watch it again to see if I reset myself. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like... Uh, Stupid. Yeah. Really dumb. It's, it's, it's ironic. Because the, the major complaint with the, original, with, the, with the prequel trilogy was... Well, you stop describing it so much. Stop giving us so much information. You're taking the magic out of it. Medichlorians, whatever yeah. you're talking about. And now... Oh, we're going to take away this massive, crucial plot point. It's like he was too scared of giving too much. But the magic of Star Wars! Well, he did it in Force Awakens. I think this is just J.J. Abrams. I'm not... I've, all, I've said forever that I'm not a J.J. Abrams fan. Uh, well. It's just... He's very good at visuals, but like nothing Sammy. else. Very shallow filmmaker. It's just a ham sandwich with a bit of butter. Yes. Mm. It's like he's, there's no depth to what he delivers. No. no. For all we could say about George Lucas, he was at least trying to yeah. tell a story. Trying to reach, yeah, he was. Uh, did it badly. Mm. Uh, the prequels are still terrible. I'm, I'm not one of those people who now defends the prequels over the sequels. Uh, it's still bad. Right. The. Mm. I think I'm sick of it. I'm de- it's dead. I'm de- it's dead to me. I'm dead. Uh, Star Trek's rapidly coming up. The praise they gave to Picard. Couple of weeks ago, don't don't, don't feel it anymore. Dying. Get rid of both of them. New, yeah. new space thing. New space thing. Which well, is the good. expanse. The expanse is a brilliant. New space thing. Uh, apparently, going to remake Battlestar Galactica. So, oh well, you're gonna do that. Just do a new thing. A new thing. Expanse. The expanse is brilliant. Watch the expanse, Rob. Oh, maybe it's boring though. It's not. It's intense no. and funny. Oh, I'll give it a go. Give All it right. a go. Anyway, so concludes four nights more night. That was a long one. Adam's Film Reviews Fantasy Island 2020 There is an elevator In the elevator You press the button to the floor with no name Behind those doors There's a life You always dreamt of Here. This weekend, you will be our guests. Here, anything and everything is possible. No service. It's not everything is possible. Good evening. I'm Mr. Rurik. Let me officially welcome you to Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island! I'm curious how this all works. What if your fantasy involves a person from your life? Holograms. Like Tupac. What if it's somebody who died? Tupac. So, what's your fantasy? Revenge on a childhood bully. Your life is about to change. I hope you're ready. From one Blumhouse production to another, Fantasy Island, or as the film's opening title says, Blumhouse's Fantasy Island, introduces us to an island off the coast of somewhere which promises to fulfill your every fantasy. For a price. A prequel to the 1977 morality fantasy drama of the same name, Fantasy Island introduces us to a Mr. Rourke, a white-suited businessman rumoured to have purchased the island from the natives for a couple of crates of rum. Introducing himself as the island's keeper, Mr. Rourke welcomes a group of new guests to the island. The guests, said to have won a competition to have their every fantasy fulfilled, are businesswoman Gwen Olsen, former cop Patrick Sullivan, Step Riles, JD and Brax, 
and the troubled, angsty Melanie Cole. In no time at all, our guests are swept up into their individual fantasies. But JD and Brax is straight to the pool party to be surrounded by models, music and alcohol. For Patrick, it's a assignment to the US Army. For Gwen, it's a chance to start her life over with an old flame. And for Melanie, well, Melanie is an odd one. Her fantasy is to see her childhood bully Sloane humiliated and tortured just as she was when she was in school. The trouble is, there's a little more to it. You don't get your fantasy fulfilled without a hefty price tag. Something I feel should be made more clear on entering the island. As Mr. Rourke puts it, there is only one rule, that each guest has one fantasy that they must see out until its natural conclusion, for better or for worse. As we see in the trailer, we're soon introduced to the true horror of this, where Melanie is torturing Sloane, only to realize that this is the actual Sloane, and she is actually being tortured. One by one, the fantasies of our group of guests begin to grind their heels in, twisting a knife as each fantasy begins to backfire. But the question soon becomes, maybe the fantasies going wrong are someone else's fantasy all along. Fantasy Island's garbage. It's a glorified television movie with little depth, zero character, and a whole load of weird and convenient plot threads that left me feeling cold. I've got no interest in our guests, nor of the mysterious island and its faintly paranormal powers. In many ways, this felt like a child's imitation of the island from Lost. I understand this is extremely loosely connected to the 70s show, but I just can't help but feel this was a rushed attempt to parody the source material, while still delivering a sort of dirt-cheap product for teenagers to come to on a Saturday night. It's a shame, because writer-director Jeff Wadlow has surprised me in the past, truth or dare, while not an amazing film, Hathalie's found its feet and won me over with charm and, most notably, a cast I actually cared about. At its best, Fantasy Island had some interesting ideas, akin to a cheap Twilight Zone episode. At its worst, this had me rolling my eyes and wishing for the exit. There are two Blumhouse films in cinemas right now, and this isn't the one you should be watching. We weren't brought here to have our own fantasies. I want it. I got it. I want it. We were brought here to be a part of something else. I got it. I want it. I got it. I'm your friend. I've always wanted to hear you say that. Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the movie. Sonic the Hedgehog has done really well. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. I'm not interested. But it's doing really well. It's doing it brilliantly. It's it's, uh, smashing the box office. It's speeding away from its competitors. Um, It's, yeah, it's been critically acclaimed as well. Yeah, it's really, like, this time last year, you would not have predicted that. No. Considering it, the dip it had with the whole, oh my God, we hate his design, how disgusting, the director saying, okay. What's, right, what's that marketing? Might have been. I had a, I was suspicious at the time, but the more I think about it, if the film's so good, how would they have let that design slip? Yeah, and they I, must have made a crap design, so everyone kicks off. I don't get the science of it because they said they did that with cats as well, didn't they? And then with cats, they patched it, they patched- which was a really worrying trend. Right, you can't patch films. No, it's already bad enough in games when you release an unfinished thing. Yeah, oh, we'll fix it later. Yeah, disgusting. Uh. It's not arts if you do that. No. Um, 
Yeah, so anyway, Sonic's done really well. We haven't seen it. Are you going to see it? I will probably not see it at a cinema. I'll oh, yeah, probably, I'm the same. I'll probably, I will pay to see it when it comes out on DVD or whatever. I'll buy the DVD. Um, All right. Sonic's my man. I love him. He's you know, a big part of my life, my childhood, massive part of my childhood. Um, but, yeah. But, yes, video game adaptations, generally. Mm. This is People have said this is the best video game adaptation ever. Yes. That's mad. That's crazy. Or is it? Well, there's not been a huge amount of good ones. Okay, so let's get into some uh, notable entries. Um, I remember one of the first ones that I took in as a... This is a film about a game. was Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie, those two movies, which were fine. Um, They were good, and she was stunning, um, and she was a good Lara Croft. What right? Yes, was she? Yeah, because the thing I hate the most about that is she was so oh dear, oh, typical another day in the life. Yeah, a robot smashed me. Oh dear, it was so like she's too good. There's none of the falling down cliffs and things. Yeah, getting attacked by tigers. She was so smug. Yeah, I really that really drove me mad. Uh, I don't know. It just there was a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. It looked quite good. You had Chris Barry in a weird comic. Yes, role. just shoved in there. He didn't he have dreadlocks at the end or something weird. Uh, does he? I don't remember. He's, that. He's saying weird to his hair at the end. Okay, might be in the second one. But there was a robot that attacked her. Mm. And she was like dismissive of it. There was a ninja fight that I do quite remember quite liking. And you had "Where's Your Head At" was the end credits music. Yes, which I love. Yep. Uh. But yeah, uh, all right. Was it? Have you seen the recent one? So bad. Yes, so bad. Really bad. So like, what I don't. The thing with the there's she knows a group of hip young marketing entrepreneurs. A hipster doofus oh, scumbag. What for? Are we going for another run through the town, and you have to catch my little foxtail. <laughs> and doesn't happen. You ugh, horrible little bastard men. <laughs> I don't know. Um, horrible. What about um, the Resident Evil movies? Did you like them? Well, well, right. I haven't really seen too much of them, but I'm told from well-respected sources that they're brilliant schlock, rubbish, crap action. 100%, yeah. That's perfectly perfect to describe them. Uh, from what I know of them, they all are a bit disconnected, but some of them better than others. They're disconnected. There's a Mad Maxi one that's apparently quite good. There's one which is very, very bad. I can't remember which one that is. Um, the effects are silly. They go, f- they peak at a time where 3D was having enjoying its most successful period. So they have really good slow motion chopping half bits and stuff like that. Right. Um, they in they like really defecate on the games in a well, way, yes. but it, to an extent that you just forgive them for it. Like it goes so far in the opposite direction of where it should be going. But you're just like, all right, you know what? Get on with it. But that's the same as Silent Hill. Is it though? Silent Hill, the game series, absolutely phenomenal, especially number two. The film series just, then ah, we'll have that. I'll have oh, that. Because for having not played the Silent Hill games, I thought the first film was brilliant in of, in of itself. But there's freaky. one major issue with Silent Hill is the protagonist in the film. The protagonist is a woman. Right. In the games, the protagonist is a man. Okay. And the reason it's a woman cast is because no one would possibly believe that a man could have a uh, p- 
paternal love for a child to look after. No oh. one would believe that the man would want to look after the child. You want, you want to save the kid. Which is what the whole get the games are all about. Uh. That's one thing that, mm, okay, so we have to have a woman because that's the only way we'll ever believe that anyone will look after a kid. Right. You know, it's stuff like that. Uh, the nurses just turn up. It's just like a patchwork of ideas on the games. Mm. Without any thought put into it. That's why I think you might like it more if you haven't played the games, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Like, the second game is... Uh, uh, it's very hard to describe without ruining it. Uh, Assassin's Creed, did you see that? Uh, I watched the start of it and gave up. I thought it was terrible. Yeah. Um, Doom was terrible. Um, Doom had one cool... I really liked the scene in Doom where it goes first person, though. That was pretty rad. Oh, that was dumb. It was, that was so gimmicky. It was so gimmicky, wasn't it? Um, Super Mario Brothers, 93. To my shame, I have not seen this. That's shocking. I know Yoshi's a Velociraptor. Yeah. Um, Goombas are weird men, they're rock men. Really stuck in my head as a kid. Yeah. Like, they're giant men with little tiny heads. Yeah, it's very weird and stupid. Um, famously, Street Fighter, uh, Mortal Kombat are terrible. Yeah. I... We saw Pokemon uh, as well last year, didn't we? Which um, Detective Pikachu, yeah. Uh, which is fine. It was a fine kids film. You know, it was entertaining. You had a Pikachu to follow and Ryan Reynolds was in it and blah, blah, blah. It was great. But in terms of the story of Pokemon, which we're never going to get, it just kind of fell a little short for me. Well, I remember saying at the time, there was no Pokeballs. There's one Pokeball at the beginning. There's one Pokeball at the beginning. There's no Pokedex. So you didn't get... All of those, like, iconic... The iconography. Yeah. Exactly. It was missing. It was gone. Um, you, and you needed, you wanted to see trainers training, and there was a battle in the underground. The battle's the the, the real highlight, it was the standout moment. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah, Ditto was horrible. As yeah, well. generally they're terrible. Yes, yeah, generally they are. Uh, as are video games of movies. Well, wait just a minute, because that's not true at all, is it? Have you ever played, and I know you have, Lord of the Rings on the PS2 slash GameCube slash Xbox, the two towers, or Return of the King? I have, I have, I have. So you would go through the likes of Helm's Deep and Moria, um, etc. The um, the mountain with the ghost men, with the with the people who forsake their oaths. <laughs> oh yes. God, I'm a terrible Lord of the Rings fan. Um, yeah, and you would level up and you would learn with your points, you would be able to buy new moves to lose using new combos. Yeah, I do like that. Was they were good? Return of the King was particularly good, and it was cooperative as well. Yeah, uh, although very buggy. I remember getting stuck mm. and I had to start the game all over again. Bloody ghosts! Uh, also, got adaptations beyond that for like Shadow of War that I've been playing. Yeah, that's very much based in the movie universe. Yeah, there's a few. Some of the Harry Potter games were very good. Quidditch World Cup. Quidditch World Cup was great. Chamber of Secrets was very good. Um, oh, I played it. Uh, Spider-Man uh, on the PS2 oh, was Spider-Man, critically acclaimed. Yeah. Spider-Man 2 mm. on the PS2. That's very, very good. Uh, but I think the best video game adaptation, even though it's very much unrelated, but the best video game adaptation, Goldeneye. Yeah. Nintendo 64. Yeah. No argument. Yeah, uh, 100%. Classic first-person shooter. I still 
think back to the first time I played it with chills. Like, I was blown away by it. There's some, there's something now, but they couldn't replicate the the graphics and capabilities of consoles have come too far. You cannot replicate. You cannot feel the impact of the animation effect of the bullets hitting the character you're shooting, the sound of the gun. It's so satisfying. I don't know why, but it just is. I mean, there might be a lot of nostalgia the, here. No, no, it's not just nostalgia. The blank, dumb look on the <laughs> unchanging faces with a little smile on Oddjob's enlarged head in DK mode as he collapses well, yes. to the ground. Like, multiplayer is the key thing there. Multiplayer with your mates playing Goldeneye is legendary. It still is. Oh, yeah. yeah it's uh, so good. When slappers you, mode. Slappers mode, going into the temple and laying about a, a hundred uh, proximity mines or yep. remote mines and setting them all yep, at yep, once. Yep, yep, yep. The rocket launcher. Oh, man. But anyway. Yeah. That's the show. That's the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's always a little bit rambly this week, but we've been uh, holding in for... We Yeah, we have been holding it in for a while. Now we're letting it all out. And um, the great news now is in the coming weeks, we'll be informing you of the premiere. Premiere and some very exciting things about this very show as well. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So do check out our website, www.holidaymedia.co.uk, where you will find links to our Patreon and our Spreadshirt, where you can get Quagga's t-shirts. We've got those hoodies, there's bags, there's badges. Um, we've just released some more with some uh, exclusive like concept art Quagga stuff. Yeah, the concept art, the second concept art, I really, really like. It's it awesome. works really good. So, yes... Do, if you like what we produce, do consider supporting us. Everything we make from our merchandise does go straight back into our projects uh, where we can make something even better and greater than before. So Yes, just for a little price of a cup of coffee or tea, you can help us fund the movies that we want to make and we can bring them to you and be awesome. Indeed. So yes, do follow us on Twitter at screen underscore bucket or Holodale Media at Holodale Media. And that's about it. Yeah, thanks very much for listening, guys, and tune in for the next episode where we will be having ourselves a challenge. Challenge? Yes. Mm. See you later, everyone.